Welcome everyone to Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. This is episode 33 and I'm here with my wonderful co-host Ali Matu. Hello Ali. Hello Conrad, how's it going? Going well and I'm H.A. Conrad, of course. Um, That's right. It's uh, good to remember because last episode I kind of was switching us up. You thought you were me and I was you. (laughs) It happens, it happens. We're close podcasting Uh, partners. That's true, that's true. A little bit so of mi- today, too many mind melds, too little, t- you know, I don't even know what I'm saying. So we're at the end of summer, or at least the summer season, as uh, as you would kind of put it, which makes me a little bit sad. It's been a gorgeous yeah. summer here. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of very cool things. We've done a lot of really good podcasting. It's September. Um, it's the end of summer. The popcorn season's gone. I'm really sad, Conrad. But it's okay, because it's the fall season, so it's time for, for new sci-fi magic and sweaters. Uh, Oh my goodness! I, you know how, how much I like sci-fi and sweaters. This is true. Right, like and we've got Actually, new, I'm, we've got I New like York Comic Con. We've got New York Comic Con oh, yeah. coming up. We're doing, oh we're doing gosh. good. So, so we have things to look forward to. But I think that this is a good time to do a little bit of a summer 2014 recap and just talk about a few of the predictions we made at the beginning of the blockbuster season. Yeah, I can't wait to revisit those. So uh, yeah, let's I know get... at least one thing though mind that I would probably change. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I kind of had a feeling about that when you mentioned it in May, but I didn't say anything. Um, so yeah, let's uh, episode 33, we're going to take a look back. Um, we're going to uh, what are we putting in the uh, crossover today, Conrad? Oh, today we are pitting summer 2014 against summer 2013 and comparing which season or which uh, summer block Blockbuster season was better for nerds. Is that the is that the idea? I think that, that would sounds be, good to me. Which is the better season of the nerd? <laughs> that, that would be a horrible 1960s song. Um, and now I have season of the witch in my head. <laughs> yeah, Terrible. Yeah, we, okay. <laughs> and then we're doing um, top five um, fall media top all, top five fall things we're looking forward to i guess i don't know if uh, i can ever defy but I'll, i will try yeah there's a lot of cool stuff coming up so a lot to talk about this episode um so kind of getting into it conrad big picture what did you think of the summer 2014 season you know, I, I overall, I mean, I thought it was pretty successful. There was definitely some high points. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy being most fresh and recent in my mind. Um, but, you know, I, just in terms of sort of the things that I w- really enjoyed, um, I'm not, you know, and I, like, I, I kind of feel like it didn't quite hit that for me, but I can't. I can't exactly point to why. I mean, there's definitely some really good things that we saw and some surprises that we had, um, but it wasn't, and I, I don't know, honestly, maybe it's because the weather was so nice and I didn't feel like sitting in movie theaters, <laughs> which is totally possible. We didn't have any, you know, typically in New York, we have sort of those insane times in the summer when it's like massive heat wave. Yeah. One of the best things you can do is go into a movie theater and watch a few in a row, actually. <laughs> so, and I don't feel like other, honestly, other than this weekend, which seems to be a little bit muggy, I don't know that we've really had that. You know, um, we've had a very temperate uh, season here in New York, and um, I think you're right. I think that does play into things a little bit. Um, I also think there was a lot of good stuff on TV this true. year. 
True. Um, so I think, or this summer especially. So I think that factors in in some way. You know, I think this summer, um, when I look back at the the movies we saw and uh, the geeky stuff that was happening, I think there was a lot of protein in the meal. Um, the stuff I saw was. Ew. Sorry. <laughs> this is not a. Uh, uh, a Snowpiercer or Swimming Green. Well, that's uh, immediately what I thought of, of course. It's <laughs> totally not what I meant, like, honestly. But I do think there was there was a lot of good, meaty stuff. There was a lot of protein there. Um, there wasn't as much um, just, uh, like, sugary, carby, kind of big franchisey stuff. But overall, I'm pretty happy with the stuff I saw um, most of the stuff I saw, I really enjoyed. Um, there wasn't really that one huge, well, maybe there was that one huge franchise I was really looking forward to, which was X-Men. Um, but beyond that, I think I was more surprised by the stuff I saw. I wasn't anticipating it as much, although my, my sense of hype increased for Guardians of the Galaxy as we got closer to it. So I think there was a high hit ratio for the stuff I saw, but there was less of it mm. than Yeah, than I guess typical. that's fair. I guess that's fair. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, it, it looks like the box office, at least in the U S kind of shows this a little bit. It doesn't seem like it was a success, successful summer in the U S for blockbusters as it has been in the past. I mean, internationally, yes. Yeah. But yeah, in the, the film... U S in the U S specifically films did not do as well as people were anticipating. Yeah, and there's been a lot of discussion about this. Box office has been down about 25% compared to last summer's, which was a one of the, the best summers of all time, a $4.8 billion box office for uh, for Hollywood. I like what Scott Mendelson of Forbes wrote. He said, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the cultural change, people watching more stuff at home and all of that. But he said, just let's just look at the numbers here. A lot of movies that were going to be released in the summer were moved out of summer. There was no Pixar film. Their film, The Good Dinosaur, was moved out. Fast and Furious 7 was unfortunately delayed due to uh, Paul Walker's death. Um, Jurassic World and the new Despicable Me movie, which were originally I, maybe going to come out this summer. Those were not here. There wasn't any big, huge franchises like Batman and Avengers. But if you do a film-by-film film comparison, um, the films that did come out did pretty well. Um, they did okay. There was just less of them. Um, well, so, Well, yeah, and I, I hear you on that. And actually, you know, a bit of our discussion about the the movie-watching experience in the theater. I mean, yes, I did have a couple of good experiences, but my best experience was at the Alamo Draft House by far, where you can go and it's, it's a very, it is a fun and exciting experience to go and watch a film. And I just think people are not, because you have so many more options, and as you said, there's a lot more on TV, people are watching things on Netflix at home, I can see why you would not want to leave your very comfortable air-conditioned house with unlimited snacks of your choosing, <laughs> you know, um, and to be able to watch it like on your projector, on your or on your like massive television stuff like that, um, and then you know instead go to a theater where you're not really getting that experience, the experience that you want. So I I can. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into that. It could be I am biased to some extent on that well, piece. But, but I can see I can absolutely see that these things could all basically be kind of a perfect storm in that on that 
Well, and, you know, speaking to what you're talking about, about that, um, the theater going experience, um, you know, we also have the experiment that was Snowpiercer, and we talked about that in our Snowpiercer episode. And, we're, uh, you know, we're not talking any spoilers in this show. We're not going to be spoiling the stuff we saw. But um, the interesting thing about Snowpiercer is for political reasons and for a personal vendetta that was released primarily as video on demand, started to do well, and it expanded its theatrical release. So here we have an experiment where you could have watched something from anywhere on your iPhone to a large theater, um, and it did well in both formats. Well, and true, and actually I know a lot of people that saw it before they had decided to just because they lived in markets where they hadn't they weren't part of that initial limited release and saw it um through the video on demand function on um, amazon and ended up going to watch it in the theater when it was released there so they made double the money on those people you know and i think that that's I think you're right. I mean, there. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that kind of thing go on, perhaps. It seems almost like it was a successful experiment, even though that's not really what they intended it to be. Yeah. So um, definitely we'd probably put Snowpiercer as, uh, Snowpiercer as one of the winners of the summer. W- what else do you think is a big winner of the summer season? Well, I think Guardians is. And honestly, you know, when they're talking, because I've, I've seen all the articles just about it not being, oh, there wasn't anything that, like, ran away with like crazy amounts of money, but I think Guardians is definitely making a, a play for that. Um, they're continuing to do very well in the box office. It's, and, it's become the highest grossing film of the year. Right. Um, in a very short amount of time. In a very short amount of time. Um, and I think it will continue to do so. I, I Hats off. It's, it's definitely fun. And I even had um, a, couple, a couple of friends of mine um, I noticed some of their comments, like, I'm not sure what the big deal is about this, and then turned out that they, they ended up enjoying it toward the end um, of the film. And so um, I just think it, it was just one of those fun, really fun summer movies that um, it, I, I was... I wasn't sure I, what the hy- if the hype was going to live up to it. As you know, I tried to stay away from the hype. Yeah. So as not to ruin my experience. And Whereas I completely ate it up with a spoon and it still was satisfying to me. Right. No, and it was and it was great. Um, so and, it, you know, so I think that there's definitely been some great ones. Um, Guardians has been interesting to see play out because it's. Um, it surpassed uh, the Transformers and Captain America, the the Winter Soldier uh, gross for the uh, for the summer. It's now the the top movie of the year. But also, um, you look at all the ancillary stuff related to Guardians of the Galaxy, whether it's the soundtrack that has continued to be high on iTunes and Amazon um, or all the products. I was in the Disney store the other day here in Times Square getting some stuff for some of my patients and um, there's Guardian stuff everywhere. They're moving Guardian's product everywhere. And this is a completely unknown franchise to most people and it's sitting there right next to mickey mouse and iron man now um you know groot is right in there um oh my gosh and did you see the baby groot things i'm sure everybody has i knew that was gonna be a thing i was like so uh, cute that's gonna be a that's gonna be a thing um but yeah, there's there's all that kind of thing, um, and they're definitely you know in term. I think again, I think that we're we're going to see a lot more flexibility in terms of 
um, different formats, different ways to watch and consume this kind of media. Um, like the, I think that that's going to be a continuing trend. Um, and I really think, you know, it's interesting. I have, I have definitely heard and, and most loudly my, in my intrepid partner, Bill Wadman say <laughs> a lot of times that he, he finds like, I drag him along to these things because, because quite honestly, I don't think he would ever step foot in a, in a movie theater if I didn't make him go. Um, I, unless, unless they screened like Cosmos on IMAX, maybe, maybe, in which case maybe. he would be there. <laughs> but I, he finds the whole experience and granted, you know, he's taller than me. He finds those seats terribly uncomfortable unless you're in like a super posh theater. Um, he hates dealing with people in a movie theater. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> like, I really actually like hearing the crowd's reactions. I think that that's part of it to me. You know, I do. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like people talking on their phones or, or taking photos or doing whatever the heck they usually do to annoy me in the theater. But I do like experiencing that with the audience. Um, especially if it's like big fans of a certain genre or certain, you know, especially when you're, when you're watching like a comic, like when you're watching X-Men, um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you see Wolverine or, or, or Quicksilver come up there. Like it's, it's kind of a cool thing when you hear the reaction of the audience, but he hates that. He, he just doesn't, he says he would really be, he would happily pay the ticket price if you were able to just watch it at home. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think a lot of people actually do feel that way. Um, that said, he really does love Elmo Drafthouse. So if it was an Elmo Drafthouse experience, I think he'd be fine with it. He, well, if he, we... he'd eat as many nachos as he could possibly hold <laughs> and, and watch Apes and like it. So, well, speaking of Apes, I think this. Um, if we if we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy and Dawn of the Planet Apes and X Men. Um, I think a big winner of this summer season was the blockbuster in general. I think the movies we saw were a lot of fun. They were in some ways um, original. Um, they were in some ways nostalgic. We saw that with Days of Future Past. We also saw that with Guardians of the Galaxy. And they were very beautifully directed, and the cinematography mm -hmm. was great. Uh, there was an article uh, that came out uh, recently calling uh, this the uh, the age of the beautifully directed blockbusters upon us. Mm -hmm. I think the blockbusters we got were, um, for the most part, better. They were better reviewed. They looked better. They were well acted, and they were more interesting than the stuff we've seen before. No, agreed, agreed, definitely. Um, yeah, I, you know, are, are we talking about our favorite set? We're gonna leave that till the top five, or not top five, even. I guess our prediction part. Well, no, go for it right now. I mean, we can talk about our predictions. We had um, going into the summer, uh, you had. X-Men Days of Future Past ranked as your number one blockbuster, Godzilla number two, Dawn of the Planet Apes number three. Does that change at all? Um, you know, I really love Days of Future Past. Um, I feel like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes actually knocked that out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I would, I mean, Godzilla was fun, as we said, but there was definitely long parts, and I feel like it was a little bit more boring than I was anticipating, even though I really <laughs> yeah. did enjoy it. And if you like Godzilla, that's like, they were really trying to be true to a lot of that. Well, that's the thing, um, Conrad. The, the the advertising yeah. was so good. The yeah. trailer was so good. that. And, and I'm still, you know, in terms of watching the bad taste out of our mouths from 
the other Godzilla remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really, it, it did a good job. Um, it probably could have been edited a little bit better, I think, um, in my mind. But um, I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy definitely belonged in there and, and didn't go there. And honestly, I think um, the... the Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, that yeah. is that is something that I... That was one of the very pleasant surprises. And it yep. really didn't do well at the box office. No. And no, he got sketchy. creamed. And, you know, and I feel, as I said before, <laughs> I think if they had built this... Well, I guess you have to build it as a Tom Cruise film. But I feel like Emily Blunt should have been credited for her very good job in that film. I think uh, that is a big loser of the summer. It was very poorly marketed, and it was a great film. It got great reviews. It didn't make any money. And now they're changing the name for the home video release. They're calling it Live, Die, Repeat. Um, they're dropping the Edge of Tomorrow name. So, you know, my my top three back in May, my predictions were... <laughs> Wait, they're calling it Live, Die, Repeat? Yeah, they're going to release it as Live, Die, Repeat, which... Which is interesting. Conrad, <laughs> what are just, they doing? What are what? they doing? That's just ridiculous. You spend all this money marketing Okay, this. I admit I read something about that, but I must have skimmed it. Um, I saw like an article. Where was that article? That was, You're probably like, no, that can't be true. They, um, I no thought that they be. were calling that the new Tom Cruise genre, since that seems to be something like the Live, Die, Repeat <laughs> genre, which is totally a valid genre, I think. But oh, yeah. anyway, sorry. <laughs> Well, that's oh, an idiotic move. Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. You, Yeah, it makes no you sense. You should retitle it Emily Blunt Rocks in this film. Yeah. See yeah, how it does. Emily Blunt kicks a lot of butt for two hours. The movie. Yeah. Um, so my top three were um, X-Men Days of Future Past, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dawn of the Planet Apes. Those three films remain in the top three. Guardians is probably number one. It's the... The one film I saw multiple times in the theater, Dawn of the Planet Apes, is number two. I think the acting in this film is phenomenal. Well, and it was uh, beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. It had a great score by Michael Giacchino. Um, and then uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is in my is number three. I want Edge of Tomorrow in there as the biggest surprise of the summer. And I think Captain America also uh, deserves some mention. But these blockbusters are great. And then I think another winner here has to be CG characters. Whether you're talking about Dawn of the Planet Apes or Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket Raccoon or Godzilla, this was the first time where I remember seeing a lot of movies with main characters that were CG. And I just bought into it. Like, yeah, and especially and especially with Guardians, Rocket looks just impressive. And oh yeah! I mean, you have to give credit though as well to the, uh, it, you know it's not just CG characters, but it's also I think giving credit to those people voicing and acting them. Um, well, so in, Bradley, and the animators. Yep, and the animators. Like, ab- no, absolutely. Like, it's a big group effort to make these these characters come to life. I think Rocket Raccoon was amazing. Um, I think honestly, just. Pl- Planet of the the Planet of the Apes, like the, it's just beautiful, and and, you know, and I, it really just, I mean, even if you're not into the storyline, you're gonna watch that film and think how gorgeous it is. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of people were talking about Dawn of the Planet Apes in the the acting in this film and how it just really sticks out and it's uh, potentially Oscar caliber. Well, other than the female apes, but you know, hopefully yeah, they can yeah. improve that in the future. 
Yeah, well, let's hope so. Um, and it's cool, too, if you look at these three films. You've got Dawn of the Planet Apes, which is motion capture technology. You had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was not motion captured. They had an actor playing the role, and then they animated it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Godzilla, which was a raw performance um, where it wasn't really based on any acting. And all three just really worked. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of points to where we are with technology really catching up. Um, we're also at the point where directors and actors know how to do this and animators are also working at a very sophisticated level. It's pretty exciting um, and it makes me think of what we're going to see in 2015 um, with Jurassic World and what mm-hmm. those dinosaurs are probably going to look like, what we're going to see in this next Star Wars universe. And I know J.J. Abrams has mentioned a lot about using more traditional effects, but he also brought on Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. And so what's Andy Serkis playing? Oh, I know you're excited. I'm very excited for that. So I think the future is definitely bright for CG characters. Definitely a big winner of the summer. Um Okay, I, I I don't even know how to bring this up, but we got to talk about Michael Bay. We didn't review Transformers or uh, the Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. They both made a lot of money, though. Well, critics hated them. Yeah, but. although Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles apparently was better than some people were expecting. I just, you know what? I don't feel bad. I couldn't bring myself to see either. I know, I know, some people would get upset at that. I just can't do it um well and we're not we're not reviewers we don't go to screenings we review the stuff uh we pay for a ticket just like everyone else and um i just didn't want to support transformers agreed um, (laughs) one of my um, this is a super fantastic mind meld going on here yes one of my um one of my relatives um has a teenager who loves all the transformers films and he's pretty much the demographic that Michael Bay targets, right? Um, And he went to go see it opening night, and I talked to him a few days later, and I said, so what do you think? He's like, oh, you know, it wasn't that good. (laughs) Well, yeah. So So, if even their fan base can't like it, then hey. I will say with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I've seen a ton of children in the neighborhood, and I live in a neighborhood with a lot of children, um, carrying around and wearing various uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like action figures and wearing T-shirts and things like that. So I think that they definitely hit the demographic that they were yep. aiming for. And, you know, I think that this movie is not... I Yes, it's playing on the nostalgia, but it's really meant for other people, not us. <laughs> so well, and, and they both worked. They both didn't really do that well with the critics, but they made a ton of money. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess we got to put it in the winner column. Transformers especially did really well in um, internationally. And it, it has this sort, sort of idea of an incompetent U.S. government and then the Chinese government is sort of on top of things. So it's interesting to see how that's playing out internationally. But I guess we're putting that in the winner column for uh, – Well, I guess, I guess we, we have to from a money's point of view, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, in terms of – uh, like in nerdy things, or there, there was a lot for nerds this summer, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think. Um, so you know you can't, you can't, you can't judge that. I also saw. I don't know if you saw this, just about the whole. Oh, it, it was a great summer for female-led movies like Maleficent <laughs> and um, Lucy, of all things. Yeah, um, uh, uh. and I just was sort of like, eh. 
you know, I guess, you know, in Edge of Tomorrow, yeah, you definitely got that there. Um, but, you know, and I can't really, I, you know, we did not see Malefic- Maleficent or Lucy, so I can't really say what yeah, I, I think about you- those things. So maybe we should do a post thing and then watch them. But, I, you know, I think it's more more interesting is that it was a surprise to people that this would be a thing that people would it is like. Um, yeah. It's like, well, yes, why don't you give us more? Why don't you give us a Black Widow film? Well, exactly. Or that's, a Wonder Woman film, you know? Th- so. This is what I wanted to, to, to bring up with you, totally. I mean, I, I think if we look at the year, um, Scarlett Johansson has had, she had her Under the Skin, Captain America, uh, she's not the lead in there, but she's in there, uh, Lucy. And, um, I, you know, anyone who says... Uh, we we can't really have a female led film. Needs to look at the box office here. I think Scarlett Johansson was definitely delivering. Um, we need a Black Widow movie, obviously, definitely. Um, so I I don't know if this was the year of the female led film. Maleficent did well, um, and Lucy. I didn't see Lucy, and I refused to see it because of its major pet peeve of mine you know the the film was riding on that whole idea of we only use 10 percent of our brain or whatever mm-hmm. which is absolutely completely inaccurate inaccurate we're constantly using 100 percent of our brain um so that really annoyed me so i didn't see it for that um but it's it's cool to see more films with female leads um but then we look at edge of tomorrow where they really had a fe- female lead did not advertise it as such. Yep. Um, instead, relied on Tom Cruise, who at this point has such baggage attached to his name. Um, so it's really too bad. So I don't know. Well, and honestly, it's too bad because he was actually pretty good at it. Um, yeah. But not yep. as good as Emily Blunt was. She was yep. really good at it. So, yeah, that's a shame. Um, um, speaking and- of, of other nerdy things um, that we had going on this summer. Um, we had our Nintendo episode this summer. Yeah, that's and, a winner. <laughs> oh, okay. well, that, that episode was a winner. But Nintendo in general, I think, is also a winner of the summer. Mario Kart um, for Wii U has really revitalized Nintendo. Um, sales of Wii U's skyrocketed after Mario Kart came out. A lot of people are really excited about the new games that are coming out in fall. Um, A a lot of the Nintendo executives have apologized for what they've done with the Wii U and they're now, um, you know, Nintendo announced a slew of new products this weekend. There's a new 3DS coming out. Um, So I think Nintendo is tentatively back and that shift happened this summer. Oh, Ollie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) we shall see we shall see i think they should still start selling their games so that people can use them on other devices and they should stop being so proprietary but that's just me well and Um, our friend of the show justin weathersby just uh mentioned that he just tweeted that out today at us as well um so i think that there's a lot of support for getting more of those uh, especially the classic games on the android and ios platforms Um, But yeah, Uh, the other thing I would say, we touched on it a little bit, it was just seeing um, with Snowpiercer, their way of, uh, their, you know, distributing something not just like through theatrical. We've seen this before, though. There's been other films that have done this, but I don't, but this is a case where they weren't really doing it on purpose. They were probably, they were doing it more because of disagreements and 
about about the film itself and with the producers and things like that and then it was successful despite them yeah um it makes you wonder actually though how successful it may have been um had they done a wide theatrical release in the first place though i'm wondering if maybe some of its success was also the word of mouth and the hype and the kind of like hey you got to see this film because they didn't want you to see it in the theaters you know there may have been a bit of that going on um but in any case i think that that i'm wondering if we're going to see different um different ways of distributing at this point um but. Um, I, I also want to point out uh, we had we didn't have a lot of family animated films, but we did have How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, I know we didn't review it, but um, I, I'm a really big fan of this series. and it's great. Yeah, it's great to see an animated family series that uh, is playing on multiple levels where it is it does have this smart, larger story that is about morals and it, it's it's about something besides just being silly. And um, I think Shrek kind of started in this direction and then quickly de-evolved into something else. And it was great to see How to Train Your Dragon kind of continue on the foundation of its first film. Yeah, I, I'll I'll agree with you on that one um Uh, and then you know i i would also think you know there was a lot to like this summer definitely um was there anything else in the winner's column i've got i've got one that's um a little wibbly wobbly pick um i was listening to the um pop culture happy hour podcast on npr and they mentioned last week tonight which is the uh, spinoff show from Daily Show starring, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Mr. He's, Oliver? Yes, John Oliver. Um, so he, w- he was filling in for Jon Stewart last year on The Daily Show when Jon Stewart was filming his movie, which the trailer just came out for his movie. It looks pretty good, actually. Um, but John Oliver has had this new spinoff show, and um, I saw a few episodes of it, and I really liked it. Pop Culture Happy Hour rated it as one of their winners of the summer. And it's interesting to see this um, great week-long um, news comedy program that really has uh, the space to be able to do the analysis of the big issues. So whether it was the controversies about the World Cup, what was happening in uh, Ferguson, uh, Missouri, um, a, a lot of the big issues that played out over the summer, John Oliver covered it and covered it pretty well. So I think oh, that's... I, I love John Oliver. I think he does a great job. And same thing, you know, you, it's interesting because you, you're seeing more and more people say that they'll watch... Um, last week tonight, or they'll watch the Daily Show for their news instead, or the, even the, the Colbert Report. Yeah. Um, before they were going to watch regular news, what does that tell you? I, know. I don't know. It's a really interesting statistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even I mean, the, the, even the people that don't necessarily agree with their politics will sometimes watch it. And I think it's an interesting way to do the analysis. Um, yeah. In a, a very different way, and I really, I think he's been doing a fantastic job. So I will certainly give them that. I think he's most definitely a winner this summer. It's really interesting what's happening with the news. I think we're completely changing the way we consume news. People don't buy newspapers anymore. Um, I was just watching uh, 
I was watching Saving Mr. Banks last night, and there was a, a mention of a morning and evening edition of the newspaper. You know, things change with technology, and we, we got to a point where we don't have that anymore with newspapers, and now we're at the point where people aren't really reading newspapers, and now we're at the point where people aren't watching, you know, the, the major news shows. Um, and there's this alternative thing that didn't exist really 15, 20 years ago. So it's interesting. Um uh, any other winners on your end? I think not really. I mean, I think yeah. we've covered most of it. Um, and in terms of the losers, I think there, I've got there, a were, few losers, yeah. there were like quite a few. <laughs> I mean, I hate to throw it in there and I'm really, I mean, we talked about it a bit, but at a tomorrow, if they had done yeah. things better, it shouldn't have been a loser, but unfortunately it was at the box office. Um, I think uh, Spider-Man in my mind oh, was most definitely a loser, totally a loser. And, uh, yeah, and I don't even want to talk about the Spider Woman butt thing that happened. Uh, well, there, that's so. Marvel was doing so well this summer. Miss Marvel was a huge success. Um, Marvel Studios was had two huge hits, and then the whole Spider Woman cover, um, which if. If you all haven't seen it, we'll put a link in the show notes. Do we have to? I really don't want to. I think we sh- we should at least for the super fantastic nerd hour listeners who don't know what we're talking about. But it was a very um, um, objectified, unrealistic, horrible cover. Um, but uh, we don't have to. Well, talk about I, it. we don't. Have to, I will say they should have, in terms of the the artists that they asked to do this. Um, you know he's known for doing this stuff it's it's not like he isn't he if you look at his artwork a lot of his stuff looks like this uh, it's it's Milo Manara who is the um who did this cover um and it really it's just sort of like uh, marvel one step forward two steps back kind of a thing yeah yeah um and it's like you know the the normal you, you can only imagine we'll, we'll let you look at the cover but it was just really like what are you doing um anyway there's a great cg rendering of what it would actually look like if someone's uh oh, if I someone don't. it's 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 really it's like a monster out of a jj abrams film well also uh, there's been a meme <laughs> there was definitely a meme going around where they were attaching different heads to said body too which was super oh disturbing <laughs> So, yeah, we'll leave that one alone, though. In any case, yeah. But the Spider-Man franchise, yes, um, this was a huge loser, I think. Um, Look, it made money. Um, It didn't make as much money as Sony wanted. And um, I still have pretty big debates about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with friends. Um, Brian Ward and uh, Andrea Letamenti and I got into a pretty heated discussion about this uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, they were, um, especially Brian Ward, he enjoyed the movie a lot. I think Andrea was definitely on the positive side of it. I'm not going to speak for them, but they were much more positive about the film than I was. And I was really negative about the film. So it doesn't take... It was pretty negative, but you know what? That's what makes for good debates. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is um, I think the film was supposed to set up this larger universe of Spider-Man films and the whole rogues gallery for Spider-Man and all of that kind of stuff. We saw this with X-Men 2. Everyone has this Avengers envy and Marvel Studios envy. Um, I don't know if the film really did too great of a job doing that. I will say, though, even with this being a big loser for me, this was still better than some of the big losers that I've seen previously, and mm. we'll get into this with the crossover. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to put out here, 
Um, another loser. This is a weird one for me to say, but I'm going to say San Diego Comic Con. Mm. I think was a bit of a loser, and it's, it's it was a loser for big Hollywood. Hollywood is beginning to. It seems like it's pulling out of San Diego Comic-Con a little bit. There wasn't as much presence there as there has been in the past. There wasn't that big moment that people point to um, that they can remember. Um, you know, there was no Loki moment like we had a couple of years ago or the uh, Batman-Superman reveal. And the Batman-Superman panel, they had their main leads there. They had their Wonder Woman, their Batman, their Superman, but they came on stage took a selfie and walked off stage. Like nothing, nothing big really happened there. So I think it was a cool con experience if you were attending. But if you're watching or if you're Hollywood, it wasn't really that exciting. Well, I think if you were a zombie, it was a win. They were all over the place. <laughs> Zombies are always all over the yeah. place, though, Conrad. For I more know. on that, watch Reanimated yeah, Podcast. Yeah, 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 I, know. <laughs> um, I love promoting you guys. I don't know why. <laughs> Because uh, we're awesome. Because you are awesome. Um, so in terms of our predictions, we talked about where we went with that. Um, and yeah, I think I think we... I think, but generally our predictions, we, we were liking what we thought we were going to like. Like, so even Godzilla, I probably wouldn't put it in my top three at this point, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good summer for the most part. Um, I, I think this is... Uh, I think it's time, Conrad. I think it is. Are you ready to enter the infinite crossover chamber? In a world surrounded by infinite crossover chambers comes 2013 versus 2014. One battle to rule them all. That's good. Yeah. I had a little bit of a cough right before, so I was kind of worried about that. But I, I think it was, uh, it, it was, a, uh, it was no... Um, it, it was it was no Dalek impression, but it was it, it did its job. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, <laughs> all right. So the question is, which summer blockbuster season was was more time of the nerd or a better time for nerds and geeks? Is that the question? Yeah. So that's the question. We are putting. Uh, this is the first time we've put years into the crossover <laughs> chamber. I think. So we're putting 2013 and 2014 into this chamber. They're going to be battling it out. Um, and let's kind of get into this. So if we look at these two summer seasons, we have um, we've got a wide variety of movies we're talking about. 2013, we had Iron Man three, Despicable Me two. Gravity, Fast and Furious 6, Star Trek Into Darkness, Man of Steel, World War Z, The Heat, The Great Gatsby, The Conjuring, Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim, The Wolverine, Now You See Me, Hangover 3, This Is the End, Oblivion, Lone Ranger, Elysium, and uh, Monsters University. And World War Z. Uh, yeah, I had met World oh, War Z. Oh, did you say that? Sorry. Yeah, but it's worth a second mention. For zombie fans out there, mm-hmm. um, 2014, we talked about a lot of the big films, but we had Guardians, Winter Soldier, Transformers, Maleficent, X Men, Planet of the Apes, Spider Man 2, Godzilla, Danger Between mm-hmm. the Turtles, Lucy, Edge of Tomorrow. So, um, where do you think? Let's start off this battle. Um, where are you leaning? Connor? This is the thing. I, you know, it's interesting, even just talking about the numbers of films that came out, you see how light 2014 was. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like just it was really light um in compared to to 2013. Um 
2014 had about 204 movies. 2013 had 232. Yeah. Uh, That's a lot. <laughs> that really is a lot. Um, not that we're going to go and see all those movies, but there was just a lot more coming out and a lot bigger. I mean, as you said, like, you know, in terms of there being other than Train Your Dragon 2, How to Train Your Dragon 2, there really wasn't that much. Um, a lot of stuff got pushed forward. Uh, yeah. Despicable Me, Minions is pushed forward to to the fall, I think. Um, Jupiter uh, Rising, right? Or, yep, that uh, got pushed. Was, that got pushed forward, um, which I was bummed about. I really wanted to see that. Film. So there's a lot that happened, and for you know, they just pushed some stuff forward, and it was just a lighter season in general. Um, in terms of my level of excitement, I was very, very excited to see um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yep. I was very, well, I was concerned about seeing World War Z, um, <laughs> but I was I was a little bit more into the hype um, of yeah. 2013, but I have to say that generally I feel like 2014 was more successful just in terms of the things I enjoyed. I had a lot of going to films and feeling disappointed after seeing them, um, and I'll take, you know, Monsters University or Monsters U was definitely a high point for me. I thought that was great. Um, I think Star Trek was great, but it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Man of Steel made me want to... I didn't like it. (laughs) And then Iron Man 3 was just so boring. Um, So I just... You know, I had I was kind of like, okay, there's some stuff I want to see, but I didn't really, I don't feel like I got as, ex- I, it was almost like I was more excited going into the season, and then the result was a little bit of a letdown. So I feel like for me, at least, 2014 was more of a success. Well, you were talking about how there's just, there was so much in 2013. I remember that May to um, June time frame and having to see a big blockbuster movie every weekend. At first, it was pretty exciting. I was like, Iron Man 3, yes, I'm so pumped for this. And I walked out and I'm like, yeah. that wasn't that good. And then, uh, well, and this was, is before our podcast, too, so I don't know yeah. why you were seeing all that. I'm just teasing. Uh, uh, because, God, read, I am uh, I know, we I'm would have sucker. seen them anyway. We were suckers <laughs> for this kind of thing. Can continue. And then, um, and then World War Z came out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie was not as bad as I thought, but it was not World War Z, the book. And then going into Star Trek in the Darkness, which I saw three times in the movie theater and enjoyed. It, I think it's the best action Star Trek film, um, but it's, it's very different from the previous Star Trek film, which is different than the other Star Trek films. And there's a whole thing about turning uh, an Indian man played by a Latino man into a white actor, which I was not happy about. No, me neither. And the the underwear scene and the the sexism there for absolutely no reason. That scene does not care. Turning Carol Marcus into a a dumb bimbo really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but we'll save that for a future episode. Um, and then Man of Steel, which I rem- walked out feeling a net positive about, but also many things about it that, that annoy me. It was exhausting, Conrad. It was exciting and exhausting, both on me just kind of mentally sitting through all those movies. Financially, I probably spent over $100 just in uh, the first four weeks of that summer seeing, summer season seeing films. Um, that's a lot. Um, so I agree with you. 2013, exciting and exhausting and overall disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 
the films that really stick with me from 2013, I mean, Star Trek does, because I do think it was a good action film. Um, uh, this is the end, but I didn't see it in theaters. I saw that on home video, and I, I enjoyed it. Monsters University, probably, that's about it. Probably about three of those films really stuck with me. Um, yeah. I think Gravity was beautiful. But um, I don't think the script is really that great. The characters were were pretty cookie cutter. Um, and then looking at 2014, I mean, Guardians will stick with me. Um, I would love to own that film. Uh, Winter Soldier, if it's on again, I think I'll definitely watch it. Um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, though, that is one that really stuck with me. And then seeing Days of Future Past come onto the big screen and be done in a very uh, in, a, in a way that honors the source material that was great um, honors most of it minus Kitty Pride um, on Edge of Tomorrow I think there is more that will stick with me from 2014 however these aren't really the franchises that I hold near and dear well, minus right. X-Men and Planet Apes probably right so you know Maybe we'd be having a different conversation if that, you know if that were the case, um, and maybe the reason why you and I like the Spider Man stuff. We we I'm into Spider Man. I like him as a character, but it's not. You know, I'm much more upset if they mess up something about Ma- Batman than Spider Man personally. Oh yeah, totally. So, or or Star Trek on for me, absolutely. Right. So and, and zombies for you. Well, zombies. Let's let's just face it. Zombie as a genre, there's a lot of room for the part. Of, part of the fun of it is when they do mess up. So <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's, as long as they don't make them attractive zombies, it's all good. Attractive zombies. Oh, Wasn't true. there a movie Warm Bodies? Yes, Wasn't that's that? what I am referring to. <laughs> people, down on as that people one. who hear my tone will understand. Yes, I'm, I'm taking that as a thumbs down. Uh, I understand why it's there, and it's it's to make it more accessible for certain God, people. A, a, a romantic zombie movie? That's kind of awesome. Oh, I get, zombies! Shh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Bite your tongue. Not <laughs> off, but don't. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what side I'm on, Conrad. I mean, I had a Star Trek film last year. I had a Superman film last year. Um, I had a, um, yeah, well, I had a Star Trek at Superman film. And one of them I, I kind of enjoyed. So <laughs> what do I, where do I vote? I don't know. It's up to you where you're going to vote. I, my, my, you know, in terms of my personal satisfaction, 2014 is there. I think if you're looking strictly at box office, 2013 definitely beat 2014. Um, but I don't think you can necessarily compare that given how many fewer movies there were. So All right, here, here's where I'm going to go. You know, our question is about what's a better summer season for nerds, right? Um, when I think about being a nerd, I think about really thinking about something, exploring it in my head, sharing it with other people, talking about it, having it live on in my mind. That's uh, That's a nerdy movie for me. And I think if you look at these two seasons – 2014 is a clear winner. There's so much more to talk about with Guardians, with Winter Soldier, which is such a nice, you know, post 9-11 commentary. Like you're getting that in a comic book movie about a superhero. That's awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a lot there about nostalgia. Well, this is apes. 
Apes. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about that. Or or X Men. Um, I I think we're gotta go with 2014. It's it was more nerdy friendly uh, summer season. I love Star Trek Into Darkness. There's not as much to chew on. Man of Steel. Um, I think what you end up debating is more how the film was done as opposed to the ideas that the film raises. You know, and I think that's mm-hmm. the same discussion with World War Z. Um, Monsters U is probably the only film that I think that really brings up interesting conversation here. Um, and Elysium was a, was a letdown. Yeah, let's go 2014. Okay, cool. All well, right. I think we can leave the crossover chamber. Let's get out of here, Conrad. Hoot, hoot. Open up those doors. Um, top five, here we come. So, <laughs> some Californians might get the reference there. Um So, all right, let's go into our top five. What are we talking about this week, Conrad? This week, we are talking about the top five shows or films or things we are looking forward to in the fall of 2014. Fall, I would say fall to winter, because December kind of counts as winter, no? Mm, I thought we talked about having this expire with Thanksgiving. Oh, we did. Maybe we did. Okay, that's good. That'll and, that I can still get everything in then. Okay, sweet, sweet. I was gonna like <laughs> waiting for you to do the math there. Um, okay, no, cool. Yeah, so we're looking at stuff. <laughs> you really in this- expect me to remember from week to week what we discussed, Holly? <laughs> well, there's a few for me that that would change things. There's there's a couple of things coming out in December that would that would yeah, change. Yeah, I would imagine we'll- there's one specific one, but okay. Continue. Oh well, what would be funny is see if you can guess which one that is. Mm. Uh, what were you thinking? Oh, I was just thinking that The Hobbit is coming no. out in December, and that might no. change your mind a bit. No? no? No, that does not. I, I just saw The Desolation of Smog mm. uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was, I was like, yeah, it's better, but it wasn't quite. Into the Woods would have oh, been mine. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Um, it's a great musical. It's kind of a little bit of a deconstruction of some of those, uh, some of those uh, stories, and um, it's got some great cast. But anyways, that we're not talking about winter. We are talking about fall. Okay. Um, so what do you? What's your number five? What are you looking forward to this autumnal season? This is tough because I'm not. I, you know what? I'm not gonna. It's it's tough to actually put numbers on things, but very. I am very much looking forward to Gotham. Ah, that is one. The um, Batman prequel. Yep. Um, and you you know I've seen some good things so far on that. Um, so I'm excited. What now? Tell me why are you excited about Gotham? Well, you know what? It, it looks a little bit dark. Um, at least with the trailers I have seen, it's it's one of those things where um, you kind of get to see the the characters that are um surrounding some of the the main headliners like batman yeah um so gotham is supposed to be actually gotham and and follows like a few of the characters on there um and i i feel like in the the tv show format maybe you see a little bit more character development maybe you see some of those those kind of interesting characters in the comics that you haven't gotten really haven't gotten any screen time because they're sort of like you know they're they're not necessarily you see them throughout the comics but they're not necessarily like blockbuster material yeah so i i'm interested to see what they do with it so it's an honorable mention for me um 
and here's why. Uh, Batman's my favorite superhero. We talked about, we talk about Batman often on the show, though we haven't for a while. Um, we talked about Batman a lot, I think, in the first 15 episodes mm. of this show. Uh, here's the problem is the Smallville dilemma. Can you make um, this world interesting without um, without Bruce Wayne donning the uh, the cowl? Um, this is a very young Bruce Wayne. We aren't going, going to see a Batman, um, but it's the complete rogues gallery. Now, can you, can the rogues gallery be interesting without Batman? And this is where I'm very hesitant about this show. I think it could be more so in for Smallville than um, probably for Gotham because so much of these villains is so much of the idea of these villains is they exist as a counterpoint to Batman and the, the idea that had Batman not come along these villains might not have become who they became especially with the Joker um, so I want it to be good part of me part of me part of where I'm coming in on this is that I was one of those very skeptical people about um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yeah and I actually watched the first few episodes and was just not impressed at all, stopped watching it. And then other people, like friends of mine, were like, no, you should really give it a chance. It's coming together. And I was glad that I watched it. So I'm willing to give them a chance. I have seen that people feel like there isn't as much substance as they'd like to see from the initial viewing. But I'm also willing to see what happens. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be on me, my DVR. I'm going to right. be watching it. Um, I hope it's good. Well, I'm sure we'll probably talk about it. Um, but I'm, I'm coming into this with pretty low expectations. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Hmm. But a show that I don't have low expectations for is my number five, which is Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> That's only your number five. Give me a break. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not a co-host of Reanimated, so it's 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 only number five for me. Um, but I love this show a lot. I really like Walking Dead. Uh, season five is coming back October 12th. Um, again, I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but... Um, I wasn't super happy with the very with the season finale, but I liked the rest of the season overall. I thought there was some interesting exploration of some of the characters, um, and I think we're we're going to get back to some of the. It's going to be interesting. To, it's it's really hard to talk about this without spoiling it, but it's going to be interesting to see where some of the core characters go now moving forward, ha- having seen. And having gone through some of the things that happened very recently in that last part of the season. This is a show that almost always delivers for me. Um, I really enjoy it. I love the some of the ideas of um, um, inhumanity and what is, who are the walking dead? Are the humans, are the zombies? And what humans can do to one another in these dire situations. Um, it's a great show. Um, and I'm looking forward to it coming back. Yeah, agreed. It's my number, my number two. So, so there you have it. Um, as a as the co-host of, of Reanimated and as a big fan of the zombie genre, um, what is it that you're looking forward to in this next season? Well, I mean, I think that one of the things that that's interesting is how the the show sort of evolves and, and moves along the plot line. It is one of those shows, um, and we talked a little bit about this in terms of the Game of Thrones episode, just how. The having the creator, um, having Kirkman involved and 
changing some of the different storylines, it, it's always interesting to me to see what happens and what they're going to change and what they're going to keep um, and how these characters in, evolve. And, you know, I even even we have been seeing how the makeup on the zombies have been evolving because they're now older zombies. So unless it's yeah. somebody that's freshly infected or, or whatever or coming back, then um, you're, you're starting to see them fall apart and it's very deliberate um, and you've got... Um, Gregory Nicotero doing all the makeup. Um, and so it's, it's interesting from those aspects for me. Um, I, I, you know, Bill, Bill hates watching the show, so I have to watch it alone now, but <laughs> you know, who is a fan of it? New Anne. New Anne, my partner is a huge fan of that Walking is Dead. Shocking. That is shocking. We, we love watching that show. Although after we watch it, we have to, um, cleanse ourselves as if we're eating sushi and having some ginger. Um, we have to cleanse ourselves by watching an episode of Friends probably to mm-hmm. get the zombies out of our heads. So we to don't get have the darkness the... out. <laughs> yeah. Um, um but it, of... it's such a big franchise. I'm really curious to see what they do this season. Um, and I just, you know, I, I truly enjoy the show. I like where it's gone. So, so I'm curious to see where they go with this. With this Speaking of the is. zombies I and the makeup, I, I also appreciate how diverse the show is um, in terms of, uh, uh, of the diversity with the actors and their ethnic backgrounds as well as the zombies. Hmm. It's got such diverse zombies. On that well, show. it's also, you know, because uh, Nicotero did... <laughs> I mean, he's been involved pretty much in every zombie film or, and a lot of other non-zombie films doing makeup and things like that. But like one of the things I really love about the show is that you see zombie type zombie characters from from Romero films and other zombie films pop up. If you're looking oh, yeah. carefully, they're like, yeah, so it's Whoa. really it's really kind of cool. Uh, um, awesome show. Yeah. Well done all around. Well acted, well produced, um, good writing. So what's your uh, number four? My number four is a movie I just uh, heard about recently. It is called Birdman. Hmm. Um, this is-, is a film. Um, I think you'll kind of pick up what they're doing here. So uh, main lead here is Michael Keaton. Um, Emma Stone's in it. Edward Norton is in it. Naomi Watts. Zach Galifianakis. Um, here's a description. A washed-up actor who once played an iconic superhero must overcome his ego and family trouble as he mounts a Broadway play in a bid to reclaim his past glory. So Michael Keaton plays an actor who used to play a superhero called Birdman, and his career has sort of floundered, and he's trying to make a comeback. It is pretty much about him playing Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm interested to see. I mean, I don't think this is a complete uh, biopic. This is not something that is uh, really kind of it's a little bit uh, fictionalized, um, but it looks funny and it looks interesting. And it seems like it's going to explore some interesting ideas about what it means to be a celebrity and what it means to be these iconic to play these iconic roles and what happens after that role fades away. It looks pretty cool. Um, So I'm interested in that. That's yeah. number four. And plus, Michael Keaton coming back. Heck yeah. Love me some Michael Keaton. Yes. Um, my number four is, is well, I am, I am, I really want it to be good, but it shouldn't necessarily, <laughs> what? No, it's Cut. true. Okay. Um, my number four is Interstellar. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and, why are you hesitant about that? Well, because the first time I saw the trailer, I was really excited about it. And then they added more in, and the extended trailer did not make me quite as excited. So <laughs> I am hoping that it is better than that second trailer. I will give it a chance. It looks, I mean, it looks beautiful. So that is, I am looking forward to that. That comes out on November 7th. Um, you need to start doing what my uh, buddy Colin does when he's watching trailers in the um, in the theater. He hates spoilers of any kind, mm-hmm. so he plugs his ears and closes his eyes. <laughs> and I think he might even like sing to himself because he just doesn't want any spoilers. Um, so he walks into films completely raw. Even when The Dark Knight Rises was coming out and those ads were all over Times Square, he would look away just so he didn't know what character was in the film. Um, but uh, Interstellar is my number one. Ah. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, See, I thought there was gonna. I thought you were gonna have another number one. Oh, interesting. Well, we shall see what you thought was my. Well, well, I should just ask you right now. Uh, what did you think my number one was going to be? I thought it might be Ascension. Uh, well, we'll see if that's on my list or not. Um, so my number one is Interstellar. Uh, I think it's going to be great Christopher Nolan has delivered um, pretty much every film he's made I love the ideas he explores Uh, we've talked about Inception before and um, that is a film that was similar to Interstellar where it's this completely new ideas not based on any existing franchise and Christopher Nolan does a really interesting job exploring psychological ideas about consciousness and he does but part of what i disliked about the extended trailer was where they went all gravity on us um with some of the touchy-feely moments between him and his daughter it felt very forced to me and Mm -hmm. as i said you know they're trying to cram a lot into a trailer so i'm trying not to judge i really am and and you know um i'm not sure that you know Anne Hathaway was the best choice for this particular film, but um, we shall see. We shall I, see. I, I agree with you. Like That's a part of why it is on my list, but didn't make it up the list, is that I have some reservations. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if you, if you have any reservations, be rest assured, because Michael Caine is in the film. And um, I'm sure well, Michael Caine will he deliver. Can, he can carry it. He can carry it all. He can carry it. I'm sure he's like holding it in the first 10 minutes and then they're interstellar. So, um, all right. So that's your number four, uh, my number one. Uh, let's go into number three. What was number three for you? Ascension is my number three. Uh, oh, isn't it funny that I just said that? Hmm. Oh, Conrad, you are so good at uh, predicting me. Um Ascension, number three, this is a, uh, I think it's a miniseries coming out on Sci-Fi, or as we on Super Fantastic Nerd Hour like to say, Sifi. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, it's a really interesting concept. So it's this, it's a space opera, it's Sci-Fi's first space opera, um, well, they did Defiance, but I think this is more in the Battlestar Galactica vein um, about this um, mission that was launched launched by the U.S. government in the 60s where they sent um, men, women, and children into this century-long voyage on a spaceship called Ascension to populate a new world. It was pinging a little nostalgia for me. Uh, it reminded yeah, me a little it, bit of Earth 2. Also has Trisha Helfer in it. Come on. Wait, what? Yes. Trisha Helfer in it. You oh didn't know God. she was in this? I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Sorry. in this, so I'm really excited about it. This was also my number three, so 
Oh, cool. So mind meld. Um, yes. No, it looks, I like the idea of it. There's something really exciting about it. It definitely reminded me of Earth 2. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Which so, I loved and also does not hold up well. Um, did you, <laughs> did you, the, the trailer actually looks really beautiful. So oh, the trailer's gorgeous. So I'm and very it, excited about this. Um, well, and it does it does a little bit what the 2009 Star Trek film did. It starts with uh, some iconic moments from John F. Kennedy's uh, from one of his speeches about um, uh, exploring space, and then there's a reveal that feels a bit like an alternate reality. It's it's pretty cool. It's a great trailer. We'll put it in in the show notes. Right. So your number two was Walking Dead. Right. That leaves us with my number two, which is Star Wars Rebels. Mm, that's a good one. I'm pretty excited about this, Conrad. So um, we haven't had a chance too much to talk about the future of Star Wars, but the future of Star Wars really begins with Star Wars Rebels. It's coming out Friday, October 3rd on Disney Channel. And so after Disney bought Lucasfilm, they shut down um, Star Wars Clone Wars that ended its run. Um, and they moved animation onto Disney. They announced Star Wars Rebels, which is going to be set between Star Wars Episode 3 and Episode 4. But more importantly, um, Disney has, over the last few months, announced that everything is going to be tied together. They stopped Clone Wars. They stopped the Disney uh, – I'm sorry, the Star Wars Expanded Universe. They stopped um, Dark Horse's li- um, licensing of the comics. Everything is under one roof. Everything's under Mickey Mouse's house now. And so this animated show, the new comics that are going to start in January – these things are probably going to play out in some way in the new films, um, beginning with Star Wars Episode Seven. So this is going to be our first look at probably the next decade of Star Wars. And anyone who has seen Clone Wars, uh, you know that they have put together great animated uh, shows before. Clone Wars is really awesome. And they have some of the producers um, – from Clone Wars working on Star Wars Rebels. So I'm very excited about this. It's also the return of Freddie Prince Jr., who <laughs> plays um, our, our main lead over here. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's cool to have Star Wars back on TV. Yeah, totally. And that leaves us with your number one pick. My number one is a hopeful pick. I think I'm going to be proven that it's terrible. Um, so we'll see. It's constant time. Um, Ah. they have, since my initial excitement about the fact that it's coming out, they have changed some things with it, um, which I'm, I am bothered by, but I am willing to give it a chance because I love Hellblazer and I love John Constantine. Um, we'll see if they manage to not screw it up. Um, but one of the things, one of the cool things about this character um, is is that he's pretty much flexible in terms of his sexuality, and um, apparently they very deliberately took this out. Yeah, the um, bisexuality was completely removed, which I was very disappointed to hear. Um, yeah, they've also changed. There's also some very cool female leads, and apparently they've done some moving around of that. I'm going to see what they come up with. It's more of a hope as opposed to a yeah, I'm really ready to see this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. 
Getting back to pop culture happy hours, listening to their review, they were talking about, uh, not their review, they're looking forward to fall, and they were talking about this and saying that, you know, in the comics, he, um, or Constantine is always uh, smoking, uh-huh. and in the TV show, he's all he's always putting out the cigarettes because they don't want to show that as much, which, you know, I heard that, and I'm like, really? In this era of Mad Men and all of that? And, and also getting back to what you were talking about with the sexuality of the character— you know, we a few episodes back reviewed Orphan Black. Like, yeah, come like on, I can't. I'm actually really surprised that that was the decision they made because it's one of the like I don't know. It's just such a strange thing to be concerned about, and it's Sci-Fi Channel. Come on, guys, you guys have done crazy things in the past. You're Sci-Fi. You're Seafy. Really, it's it's coming out on on Sci-Fi. I thought it was on. Oh wait, no, sorry, network. it's CW. You're right. Yeah, Sci-Fi yep, would be Sci-Fi has my other sort of. I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm really excited about it, which is Z Nation. Um, oh. No. Okay, so it's CW. That makes a lot more sense to me that they would do something like yeah, this. Yeah, it's a little bit more. It's major network, a little bit more conservative, mm, but a come lot more on. conservative about. We can things. we can do better than this, guys. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe it'll be good. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Conrad, so my number one was Interstellar, but um, do you have any honorable mentions today? Um, Well, Z Nation was on there. Um, There's a couple of shows that I'm, or like a couple of, um, a couple of things that I'm a little bit, like I am curious to see what happens with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I also, there is a, a new David Fincher thriller coming out. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't, but I just recently watched or binge-watched all of House of Cards, Yeah, so which I know he was a producer on and directed the first yep. episode, so um, I, I this, was a fan of that. This is Gone Girl, and it's it's oh. supposed to be really amazing. I really like Fincher's way of storytelling. Um, obviously, he's been very successful in doing that, so um, that is coming out in October. Um, and that's, um, there's also an animated, uh, film coming out called Big Hero 6. Did you happen to see the trailer? That looks, I'm really excited to see that. Um, it's the first Disney, um, adaptation of a Marvel source material that's mm -hmm. an animated film. So I'm curious to see what they do with it. It didn't make my list, but it's definitely an honorable mention. Um, and then Hunger Games, I will probably see it because Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to put Doctor Who on the list, but um, I am because we just spent a whole episode talking about. Oh, Doctor well, that's Who. why I didn't. I mean, obviously, it would be there. Um, yeah. Did you happen to see last night's episode? <laughs> I without... did, and I'm very mm. excited. Okay, we will. We will have to save this for our season wrap up. Into the Dalek. Mm. Um, I was quite. I, I enjoyed that episode a lot, but we'll, we'll save that for later. Um. So I have I had two honorable mentions. I already mentioned Gotham. My other honorable mention was Flash. Um, from some of the early buzz, it sounds like they've captured a little bit more of the fun and humor of it, um, <laughs> while still retaining a lot of the CW ness of it as well. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But you know, this is really cool, Conrad. How many TV shows do we have this fall that are based on comic book? Oh no, material? we do, we do. And then we this have this is so cool. And I, you know, I didn't have some on my list that are just like my my kind of like guilty pleasures, like Haven, which is a terrible, terrible show, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, it doesn't. It's you know. So there's all sorts of stuff coming back that I'm. Excited 
excited to see. Um, no, it's, it's cool that we can be such uh, nerd snobs. You can be like, oh, well, I'm looking forward to the Gotham, but not Flash. <laughs> and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is so pedestrian. Like we, can, like, we can pick and choose. It's not just, oh, there's one comic book franchise. It's not just the new adventures of Lois and Clark's, you know, Superman, the new adventures of Lois and Clark. But we have options. This is pretty cool. No, it is. It's very cool. So I'm super excited for this fall. I've got one last pick, Conrad. I forgot to mention it. What is um, it? I'm, I'm bending the rules a little bit. No it's way, a, you, yeah. not you. <laughs> so this is this is a graphic novel that came out in July, but I just found out about it like two days ago. It's Seconds, which is a new graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley, the author of Scott Pilgrim. Hmm. So um, it just came out um, in July. I didn't hear about it. I don't know why I didn't hear about it. I'm mad that you never told me it's coming out. And um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed very, to tell you everything. Yes, Godred, you know more about stuff than I do about when it comes to books. You're supposed to know these things. So um, I'm very excited to read it. It's got some great buzz. Um, it's got a cool uh, premise. So I'll be reading that sometime in the next few weeks. All right. Well, I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on it. Who knows? Maybe. So, um,. I think that's all we got for today, Conrad. That's all we got. Um, yeah. So where can people find you this week, Ollie? This week, I am roaming the internet as at Matu on Twitter. I will be tweeting away random updates about what it's like to be, you know, uh, a nerdy psychologist. And I'm also the science fiction psychologist at BrainKnowsBetter.com, where I write about the science fiction of psychology. Or the psychology of science fiction, sorry. Switch those around. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> the science fiction of psychology. There is some there. There was a, a moment in time when people tried to research more kind of telepathy stuff and all of that and didn't really pan out. Turns out it's mostly placebo experimental mm. effects. Anyways, Conrad, oh, how about yourself? Where can our wonderful listeners find you this week? On Twitter, I'm at DiePrince and... On the other podcast regarding the undead called Reanimated with my friend Stuart Tiffin. It is reanimatedpodcast.com. And then on Twitter, we're reanimated at reanimatedpcast. And listeners, let us know what you thought of the summer of 2014 and what you're looking forward to for this fall season. You can find us on Twitter at NerdHour. We also have a website on the internet, and that is located at superfantasticnerdhour.com. We also invite you to email us um, with the address info at superfantasticnerdhour.com. So until next time, dear nerdlings, live long and prosper. Indeed. Indeed.